I Suck at Dating with Dean Ungler, an iHeartRadio podcast. Hello, everyone. Thank you for tuning back into episode two of Help, I Suck at Dating. I'm Dean Ungler, and I'm excited to have you back. Um, we have a very special guest for this uh, th- this first segment, and you probably know him as America's heartthrob, um, the the most dreamy abs of all time ever to go through the Bachelor franchise. You know him. You love him. Peter Krause. What's up, buddy? What's going on? How you doing? Thank you for for taking the time to uh, jump on the phone with me here. Of course. Thanks for the invite. I appreciate it. No, of course. Of course. I mean, I think it's pretty obvious why I wanted you on the phone. I mean, you and I, we we grew a great friendship throughout the course of The Bachelorette, right? And I think it's pretty clear. I think that America would agree with with me by saying that you are significantly better at dating than I am. And, you know, it's funny. We talk about a lot of things, you and I, and I feel like this is one thing that we maybe haven't discussed very much on you know what I can maybe do to be better what maybe you saw during the bachelorette that you maybe didn't like so much or, or thought was a bad idea anything like that so I mean going back to it right you and actually I, I, I want to talk about this a little bit too because I feel like you got an, a bad edit in a sense where you did a lot of things behind the scenes um, that were very like romantic, like you were like doing all these gestures. I remember you painted a bottle. You were like setting up all of this stuff that um, didn't really seem to get displayed, right? And meanwhile, I was just kind of sitting there with my uh, sitting on my hands, like not really sure what to do. So, um, <laughs> I mean, that being said, where do you? What kind of advice? I mean, just to dive right into it, what do you think you would have for me? Uh, advice for you? Well, promise. I never watched Bachelor in Paradise. Sorry, I apologize. No. But your little debacle in dating, if you will, uh, I didn't see it. So I just got a gut to hear about it all secondhand. Um, from what I saw with you on the show, I, I don't know. I think you just got in your own head a couple times. And as time went on and maybe, you know, you got further and further away from your comfort zone, it just became more difficult. But I don't think you did anything wrong. You're, you're a fun-loving guy. You're kind. You're very well-spoken and intelligent. I, I just feel like maybe it was too much too soon and you weren't ready for it towards the end there yeah i agree um i think that especially near the end we i think all of us were kind of getting in our heads a little bit i think i uh, yeah without a doubt um (laughs) i think with everything that i had going on with the hometowns and all that and you know obviously i saw kind of everyone else's connection it was it was a lot to process but um what about like like maybe could you jump into some of your dating experience it doesn't have to be on the show it could be you know before the show um whatever it might be that you think you do as a dater that separates you from uh, everyone else? My biggest thing is dating is listening. So, you know, when you're dating somebody, it can no longer be about yourself. It has to be about that person and how you two interact together. So you have to put that person first, think about yourself second, and when giving them the love that they desire, it has to be in a way that they appreciate it, not in a way that you feel like they should appreciate it. So... Mm -hmm. I personally think the biggest misconception in dating is that you give a, a level of love and they're expected to receive it with happiness. Well, if I like to give love through, for example, like gestures uh, or uh, words of affirmation, or I like to receive it in that way, that doesn't mean that they're going to appreciate that when I do it. So I can't be upset with them. I can't get angry when they don't necessarily reciprocate those same feelings um, because they need it basically given to them in a different way. So I think it's really good to have a really open mind, uh, listen and learn a lot about your partner 
and then take those things that you learn to give the love back in a way that they really see fit. Gotcha. So you think it, listening is obviously very important. I think catering to the desires of whomever it is that you're dating obviously is important because you want to kind of specialize their, the way that you treat them in, in the way that they need to be treated, I suppose, right? Um, and I guess I, I saw a lot of that too, and it kind of transformed in front of our eyes through the seven, you know, eight weeks that we spent together on the show is, um, you know, as you get to know someone more and more, you begin to understand what they appreciate and how to continuously make them happy. Um, yeah, and it's funny too, because I feel like some of the guys just maybe didn't get that to click. You know, they kind of had their, their minds made up on how they were going to act or what they were going to do. And they just kind of stuck to their guns and didn't really adapt too much. So yeah. I, th I think that listening is very important. I think that I could definitely improve in the listening department. Um, <laughs> I, th I, don't, I, don't, I think why we have such a great friendship is because, yeah, we, we share a lot of the same uh, beliefs, ideals, uh, characteristics, I guess, if you will. But then you do listen well. And when we have a conversation, we're having a conversation between two friends. It's not like you're not trying to get anything out of me and you're not expecting anything. You're, you're there to have a good conversation and be a buddy. Uh, versus there's people that I still run into today where like you, you think you're making a friendship and then you realize, oh, they're in this ulterior motives. And that's not you. So if you take the same approach to your dating, I don't see there being a problem with that. Granted, I don't watch you in your dating necessarily. I haven't seen you in uh, the couple of ladies that you have dated uh, in person. But from what I see, you're fine at it. Well, we definitely had a lot of time to talk and listen to one another throughout the, the time we spent together. Um, what do you think makes our friendship or, or any friendship? Because I, I mean, I have a lot of friends, you have a lot of friends and yet here we are, um, you know, single essentially. Right. So it's mm -hmm. what maybe makes a, a friendship with uh, whomever it is easier than, than forming a relationship with someone. I guess it is kind of the, the easiness of it all, the, the levity of, of just kind of, you know, sitting back talking and listening and not necessarily having to, to put too much pressure on it. Well, I mean, there's a big part of it. There's, in a friendship, there's no like promise of the future. Like you're able to just slide right into a friendship, knowing that it is what it is, wherever it you know really ends up. Hmm. And so maybe it does take pressure off it. Versus if you know that this is someone that you're interested in long term, and they may be interested in you long term, that changes the dynamic and how you approach that relationship and the conversations that you have, and puts kind of like an umbrella over it of you thinking, you know, do I have to give more? Do I have to give less? Uh, is this what I want for my long term? And Maybe that also comes with age when you start to think about that. Maybe at my younger ages, I wasn't really thinking about that in a relationship. I was just thinking, is this girl cool to hang out with? Yeah. Do I enjoy her company? That was it. Versus now it's like, do I see this woman being the mother of my children? Yeah. Do I see this woman waking up next to me every single day and being the love of my life? And for the majority of the days, at least being happy. Uh, I'm not going to say it's going to be every day, but you know, in a, a friendship, you don't necessarily look at that. So it's different. It, it's a lot easier. Being a buddy is a lot easier than being a girlfriend, eventually fiance, eventually wife. Less expectation, I guess, in a friendship. So it kind of makes everything a little bit easier. I think that makes sense. And yeah. right, so, so earlier you, you referenced uh, the love languages, right? Do you know what your love language is? Uh, I know how I like to receive love, I guess, more than I probably like to give love. Okay. Uh, I, I really like to receive love through words of affirmation. Okay. And so like talking things out is really important to me. Uh, being encouraged and being confirmed in my, um, I guess, love or their love for me is really important to me. 
So just being. What is, what is yours? Do you know what yours is? Being reassured. I think mine. It probably is words of affirmation as well with quality time mixed in there. Um, I, I think the the reassurance and just kind of like knowing that someone can be there for you at any moment, like whenever you might need them for whatever reason. Um, if you just need someone to talk to, and and kind of knowing that. Uh, at, at that moment, if you need to talk to someone, they'll be there. And I, I guess it's kind of a yeah. mixture between words of affirmation and quality time. I'm not really sure. Um, it kind of comes in in hand in hand, I guess. So it's like if you're if you're there for them in that moment, you're probably saying a couple of things to give them affirmation while at the same time giving that quality time. So I can totally see them being hand in hand. Gotcha. Uh, it, would you consider yourself an affectionate person? Oh, totally. I think so. Yeah. I mean, uh, I, but I think maybe it comes in different ways. So it's, it's funny now, like. I mean, you know about the beast of social media, and I talk about it a lot, but it's something that is now involved in our lives, and we, we have to kind of read the comments because you, you want to be able to see what people are saying positive and negative and mm -hmm. see if there's something that you can do differently or see if there's something that maybe you said that was offensive or inappropriate or something that maybe you just maybe change someone's day maybe for the better even. And that's, that's a crazy part about it too, and I think we touch on this later on in the podcast, but how do you think social media has changed that? Because especially for you and I, you know, now – it's a little bit more public, our, our dating lives and, and the comments, like you said, and all that kind of stuff. So how has that affected you? I mean, obviously, you don't get too specific or anything like that, but I mean, yeah. it's, hard, it's hard to ignore all that stuff, right? And it's it's much different now than it was, you know, six months ago before we went on the show, right? Oh, it's totally different. I mean, before you could date someone without fear of judgment. You know, if you liked them, you'd introduce them to your family and your family would be happy as long as you were. Mm -hmm. uh, at least that's how it works in my family. And so now it's like, if I did start dating someone, are people going to think that, you know, I'm doing it for one reason or another? Uh, are they going to like them? Are they going to suddenly put all the hate that they put on us uh, for being on the show onto them? Uh, are they, you know, going to date us? Like, that relationship itself, is that person going to date you or I for the wrong reasons? Mm -hmm. uh, it's hard to say. Yeah, it, it totally puts a whole new perspective on dating at this point. Yeah, it changes. It changes for sure. And it's funny, too. I mean... In regard to, to all of that, it's it, what I always tell myself is the people with the least amount of information are the ones with the most amount to say. So yep. it, it's like you look at it and you're like, okay, but we don't like know each other, you know, anything like that. But it's still yep. it's still hard to not let it get to you. And um, for sure. I know you you were under obviously a lot of like scrutiny for, for a while during some of those episodes. And um, I've had my fair share as well. But um, yep. I mean, I, I know it's, it's difficult not to let it get to your head and, and you have done a really good job of not necessarily buying into any of the hatred, which I can appreciate and respect from you. Um, Peter, you're the man. Thank you again for taking the time. Um, again, I've, I've always kind of looked up to you, uh, both in dating and as a friend, and I, I will continue to do that. And, um, you know, all of your advice is definitely very much appreciated and I look forward to uh, talking soon. I appreciate it, man. You're killing it, and keep doing what you do. <laughs> All right. Take care, buddy. All right. Later, bud. All right. Bye. Yes, I suck at dating. But what has made dating easier throughout the years, and, and one way it continues to improve, is through the use of dating apps. And one of those apps is Bumble, who happens to be one of our sponsors. Um, I, I think I told a story very briefly in the very first episode about um, how on a second date I was on my hands and knees in uh, this girl's bathroom because I ate some um, some bad, I think it was Chinese food. And uh, ironically enough, she was a, a lovely young lady that I met on Bumble. And uh, great girl. Um, again, it didn't really go very well after that just because of that moment. Um, I do know that that girl had since 
found a boyfriend and is still with the boyfriend, living with the boyfriend that she met on Bumble. Um, I believe it was the boyfriend she met immediately after, which is great because, I mean, it gives us all, you know, a sense of hope and a sense of, of um, pride in knowing that it works for people. And it, it's worked for me. It's, it's worked for, obviously, her and some of my friends. Um, but there's not just Bumble for dating. There's, there's actually three different Bumble apps. One of them's for dating. One of them is uh, Bumble BFF, which is for friend finding, and Bumble Biz, which is for professional networking. And I'm just learning about this now. I think that's great. I think especially if you you know if you move somewhere new and you don't really know that many people, uh, Bumble BFF is a great way to be introduced to you know locals that are around your same age and have the same interests as you. Um, one of my best friends actually just moved to India, a country that you know he's never really been to before, and um, I know he's actually using it out there because he's you know hoping to to meet more people and it's just a great opportunity and a great avenue to be able to do something like that so go to bumble.com slash dean to download the bumble app and again you get three of them bumble for dating bumble bff and bumble biz for professional networking which is just great so bumble.com slash dean download the app and start bumbling okay joining us next is patty stanger from millionaire matchmaker patty are you there yeah hi dean how are you i'm doing well how are you Good. Look at you, Mr. Big Shot. <laughs> Who'd have thunk it? What a what a concept. And your neighbor, you live in Venice, right? Don't you live in Venice? I live in Venice. Yes, that's right. I remember. I remember. We we live like live five blocks apart. There you go. So. Um. All right. Well, so Patty, do you mind filling in our listeners a little bit more about you and and who you are? Yeah. So I am the Million Dollar Matchmaker. It's a different show. It's on WeTV. Uh, you can watch it Friday nights at 9 o'clock. And this week's our finale with Courtney Stodden, who is crazy, mazy, messy, bestie, and all the things you can imagine if you know Courtney. Um, but the show is really about, it's, like, it's kind of like intervention meets the old millionaire matchmaker, um, where I, I basically put you in the hot seat. And if you watch the episode with Daniel, you know, you can get a little testy because you know how Daniel is, right? <laughs> he doesn't like to be told or criticized or anything. And then I kind of figure out, why are you not finding love? And I kind of break you out of your bad habits and get you on the road to love. And then at the end of the episode, we actually give you a date. Nice. And then you get to decide whether you want to keep the date or not. So there's a little game show effect at the end. Gotcha. Yeah. I don't understand. Why are you single? Don't <laughs> well, that's what I'm hoping you can tell me. I said if I were only 30 years younger, I would have <laughs> you. So, um, you think you have too much going on? It could Maybe. be. It could okay. be the case. I, I definitely f- find are myself enjoying being busy. Okay, are you dating ADD? Are you one of those DADD guys who it's like, oh my God, everyone's throwing themselves at me, and I'm dating all these people, but I'm not actually thinking about what I really want. And a woman, and then waiting for the right woman to show up. Are you that guy? I don't think so. I think that I'm. I I I don't know. It's hard to say. I really want to have someone in my life, so that way I don't necessarily even have to worry about that. I mean, I think that the, the it just gets exhausting after a while, right? You know, people are trying to talk to you, well, and you have a real job. You're not like one of these local local guy, people that are just like they get on the Bachelor, they have no real job, they're a personal trainer, and they're just floating around. You have a don't you have a real job like in a real company? So I've like, I've been a recruiter for three years. Um, since I going, you have a real job. Okay, so so you have a structured life. You have your nine to five, right? And then you've got like you can play at night and play on the weekends. And most guys like that are tired at the end of the day. They're like exhausted from working, and either they're not being proactive in their search. Or they're just, like, winging it. And what you need to do is get strategic. I think that's your problem. You're not strategic. Strategic how? What do you mean? 
Well, you've got to decide what you want. Look, you've had the experience of The Bachelor. Who knows if you're going to come back to VIP next year. Hopefully they'll ask you back. But, you know, you dab, you're only getting people that they're giving you. So you're not really mm-hmm. expanding your net and going out and meeting real people. Because you're probably hanging out with Bachelor Nation, which is fine. A lot of those people got married behind the scenes. It's actually like, a, like its own dating service. It's actually fantastic. I mean, it, it makes sense in a way. It's a bunch of charismatic, you know, fun-loving, outgoing people that kind of get together. But are they really strategic? Are they serious about love? And are they local? Can you have a lot of them are long distance? You can't really have a long, just like Olivia. You can't have a long distance relationship. You want someone, preferably on the west side, right? You don't want to schlep to you know wherever. Not a valley girl, right? Not an eight one eight girl. Would you date a valley girl? I mean, I, the, the shorter I have to drive, the better, to be honest. It's like an okay. So for those who don't know, who are listening nationwide, the valley is like an hour away from where Dean lives. So there's this whole rule, like you need your visa to go there. It's like another country, another state. So everybody stays on one side of the street. The valley people stay with the valley people, and the beach people stay with the beach people. But you can head down to Manhattan Beach. Don't you think that if you met someone that was important enough to you, you would be, you should be willing to travel an hour, an hour and a half to how, to wherever That's it is that they live. Until they actually have to get in the car and sit in the 405 for two hours. I mean, if you have a great podcast to listen to, maybe for the commute, you never know. Oh, but there you go. There you go. Okay, so that's, <laughs> I actually was engaged to a volleyball, volleyball, valley boy, and I lived in MDR, Marina Del Rey. Mm-hmm. And I used to think it was like going to the country for the weekend because coming from Jersey and Florida where I grew up, it was like that was country to me. You know, the mountains and the, and the trees and the green, not the beach. So I didn't mind going there, but... A lot of a lot of guys don't want to schle- look. I have problems with the OC guys where they don't want to go to even South Bay to date my clients, my so, girls. Okay, so distance is definitely something to take into consideration. Right. Okay. So the other rule is that where are you like, give me your give me a course of your week. I'm really good at analyzing someone's week. All right. So you got the week off. You're not doing press. Where are you going to meet women on the weekends? Where are you going? Give me <laughs> give me your first. I don't, I don't really ever actively go out to meet women. I just go out and hang out with my friends. and. Okay, so where are, they, where are the friends going? Are they going to Lincoln? Are you going to the bar at Lincoln Bar around the corner? Where are you going? We, you I, we, going? we frequent Lincoln. Um, it's, it's actually kind of been the hot spot among the friend group. I don't know. I like to go out. I like to be active, go to football games. Um, That's a lazy, lazy Lincoln. So there's lazy Lincoln, right? <laughs> football games are getting big, so we've got the Rams now, so you can actually do that. Uh-huh. Okay, what else? Give me another one. Um, hiking, all, I mean, I guess I wouldn't really meet a girl okay, so hiking. Okay, so Canyon, you're going to Runyon Canyon? Um, I've actually never been to Runyon. I like to do kind of more of the low-key ones. Okay, so you're not doing anything that's female-related. So let me tell you where the women are. You got a pencil and paper? Because you clearly don't know. I've been writing every single, every single okay, word of yours so down so far. We're going to start with yoga. Oh, my For gosh. There are 60, 70% women compared to, to like, maybe 20, 20% males. My, my roommate tries to get me to do yoga with him every single day. And then there's 10% guys. So, so you have a 60% chance of meeting girls not only in your age group, but hot, sexy yoga types. Now, if you like the skinny wave, you know, no tit Sally, as I like to call them, you know, then you go to yoga class. Okay? One step up. Soul cycle. Oh, I've been to a soul cycle I, class before. Okay. So you switch it up. You do Santa Monica. You do Manhattan Beach. You switch it up. You switch it up to the different areas on the west side to see which feels better for you. And you can do Equinox, too. You can do that, too, if you belong to the gym. Okay? Now you got two. Third classes are spiritual classes and meditation classes. You want to go to Unplugged in Santa Monica. This is assuming that this is the type of girl that I'm interested in because maybe I don't want a yogi. Okay. If you hike and you're athletic, uh-huh. 
one athletic high can luck girl. So you got to go to female, like Orange Theory, you got to go to female-related things as opposed to going to Gold's Gym and lifting and pumping irons with a bunch of guys where there are no women there. You just tell me you like to hike. Don't you think that it would be important to meet someone at something that you're already interested in? No, you haven't met anyone because you're argumentative here. (laughs) Oh, I'm definitely the most stubborn person that I know. Um, does this advice carry over for all of the listeners as well? Like, are you, are you saying that if you're interested in meeting someone, you should... Let's, let's make you mainstream. Okay, so Whole, Whole Foods, which was just taken over by Amazon. I'm sure there's Whole Foods in every neighborhood in the United States. Okay? Or there's a health food store in their neighborhood with a different name. Uh-huh. Okay, there are spiritual classes, meditation classes, church if you're really religious. Okay? You go, and church, a lot of churches have singles groups if you're, if you're that religious or temple. Okay, uh-huh. um, or any other religion that there's out there. Okay, then you've got athletics. Okay, so for instance, the Northerners, like the ones in Colorado, you want to join a ski club. Okay, especially women, women that want to find men. It's eighty percent male skiers. So and they're really good looking and they've got money. Because skiing is the most expensive ticket on uh, in town. Okay, or snowboarding, same thing, skiing, snowboarding. Okay, then you've got um, so that's the athletic part and that's the spiritual part. Okay, now. Just by chance, okay, there are places that are female-friendly to go to, okay? So what do females like to do? They like to eat, right? Mm-hmm. Right? So you want to find restaurants that are more predominantly female than male, okay? You have to do your homework. This is research. Every city in the United States and every town has this, but people just are lazy. They're creatures of habit. You keep going to Lincoln expecting a different result. And then I'm sure when you're with your friends, you don't pay attention to women anyway because you're drinking with your friends. <laughs> But, okay. But I guess my argument, my retort is, don't you think it's important to meet someone at a sh- like a, a place of shared interest, right? So if I like going to football games, don't you think it'd be great to meet uh, someone that... If, if women went to football games, but it's mostly a male sport, so it's not 100% female, a lot of females go with their boyfriends to the football games. How about this, the, the flip side of it? If, if, I'm a woman, if, if, I, if I'm a woman looking for a man, would I, should I be going to like golf tournaments? Or sh- yes, should be going to golf, uh, tennis. Uh, basketball, and so on. All the high-end sports, NHL, yeah, baseball, all of that. Yeah, so, so going there. can I ask you, I, I, I know you touched on this a little bit, and I, I think that I, I remember you saying that you, listen, you watch Paradise a little bit. What mistakes did you see me making throughout the show, specifically? You fall in love fast. You're like, <laughs> you got a little bit of uh, Vinny in you. Oh, Vinny, Vinny has like, falls, too? Yeah, he, oh my God, he's a cliff diver. Yeah, yeah, you fall too quick. So and then you're like, eh, you, I think you turn on and off. You have his, you have history with like, I like her, I don't like her, I like her, I don't like her, I like her, I don't love. You go up and down like a yo-yo. So how do I combat that? How do I work on that? That's something that you have to. You have to. When's the last time you had a serious, serious girlfriend? How many years ago? Mm, maybe ever. A, a year and a half, two years ago, a year ago. How, and how long was this relationship? Probably about a year. Okay. So what went wrong? Um, I think that we stopped making time for each other, and it just kind of dis- disintegrated from there. So what, no longer was a price, so you lost interest? Uh, you lost interest. I don't know if it was necessarily lo- losing interest. I think that, I mean, yeah, I guess if you don't prioritize the person I- in your relationship, that's kind of could be okay. deemed as losing so interest. The first thing you want to do is not make your boyfriend or girlfriend your entertainment buddy, meaning they're not here to, to make you have entertainment in your life. You want to have... A nice, calm, relaxing relationship. They're best friends. We like to do the same things. We like to eat the same foods. We like to hang out in the same places. He, he, she or he has your back when you're in a desperate situation, a crisis. Uh, you lost your job. You know, you have to move. Whatever. They're there for you. 
And then, of course, sexual chemistry rules the street as the beginning does. But eventually that, like, kind of, you know, it's still there, but it's not as heightened as it is in the beginning because you're in the honeymoon phase. After three months, it'll, go, it'll probably dip a bit. So you have to look at people like this is what you're getting for the rest of your life and not get bored. You have a problem of getting bored. That's, but, but are you bored with you or are you bored with them? I, I guess I still need to figure out which it is. Right. Okay. Well, that's a psychological thing that you have to take. Now, the second thing I would do is take the five languages of love test. It's a very famous test you can take online. Um, it is the best test in the world. You find out how you love, and then you compare it to the person you're dating, how they love. If you guys have opposite love languages, don't panic. It just means you have to love your woman or your man the way they need to be loved in order to, for you to receive love, and they will do the same thing to you. And it'll take a lot of the drama and a lot of the heat out of the relationship. Because you may not like drama. Are you a, do you like drama or are you not into drama? I prefer no drama. Yeah, you look like you're an avoider. That's I, what I felt like on VIP. So yeah, if that's yeah. the case, then you need a girl who can resolve conflict rationally, even during her period. <laughs> which is a good, which is really, you know, that's major, right? Resolve conflict rationally. As in, like, sit down and have, like, an objective viewpoint on, on kind of what's going right. on and how to fix it? Right. And then the other thing is you might want to become a hunter because we haven't decided if you're a gatherer or a hunter. So if you're going to be an alpha hunter and rule the roost, then those are the men that would actually get online if they weren't finding it locally in their hood. They would actually get on Tinder. They would actually get on Bumble or whatnot, whatever app they like, you know, Raya, whatever. And they would, they would go hunting for what they're looking for. Like, who's your celebrity crush? Um, I think it changes every day. Uh, Gal, Gal Gadot is right up there, though. Maybe Emmanuel Shikri. Wonder Woman right now. Okay, what's the other one? Emmanuel Shikri, the Sloan from Entourage. I'm I'm butchering her, butchering her last name. I know that, but so if that's the case, then go online and start hunting for the girls that look like that that you feel most sexually attracted to, and then see on the profile if they had interests like you had. But you got to make an effort, and you know sometimes forget your friends for a while. I know that sounds terrible, but those who travel in packs don't attract. So maybe you need to go out by yourself and start hunting. Ooh, I don't know if I could go out by myself. My friends are like the most important people to me, though. So I want, I, I definitely. No, no, no. They're not going to be when you get and fall in love. So they're going to become second. And first is going to be your woman. Maybe you need to learn that lesson. Love is first. Love's a priority. Well, I'm still learning. That's what the, that's what the point of the podcast is, I guess. How old are you now? 26. Yeah, you got a time. So you're probably not going to get seriously your 30. But if you really want a girlfriend, you're going to go out there and hustle it up. Maybe you really don't want a girlfriend right now. I may, I maybe I need to make it a priority. That that definitely <laughs> definitely is, is an important thing to consider. All right, Patty. Well, thank you so much for the time and thank all of your advice. And, and God bless you, and I hope you have a really good time. Just, like, hit me up when you're in the hood. Absolutely. Okay? Go to Irwin for lunch. All right. I'll meet you there maybe next week, and we'll, we'll discuss more. Okay. You got it. Uh, Bye-bye, kid. Take care, Patty. Bye. Perfect. So, so my homework will be to take the Love Languages quiz. I'll be sure to do that before next week's episode. What I would love is for all of the listeners, if you have the time, maybe take the Love Languages quiz as well. Um, I think it's 5lovelanguages.com, the number 5lovelanguages.com. And we can maybe tweet about it and then and then discuss it next week on air. I think that would be pretty interesting. I, as Mark just said, I think I know what my love language is, but it would be interesting to see what it came back with on like a long, I'm sure it's probably like a 100-question quiz or something like that. Um and yeah, that'd be interesting. And then you can kind of, I think as Peter was mentioning, and Patty a little bit as well, is then you can start catering, you know, the people that you're you're interested in. Um, you, you just have more more presence of mind, I guess, which is a good thing. All right, so as a child, 
my favorite holiday, needless to say, was Christmas. Every morning, you wake up, you run down to the tree, you don't know what you got, it's all wrapped up, you start opening things, and you start freaking out whenever you see something that you wanted. Basically, what this FabFitFun box, every single time they send you a new box, it's like Christmas morning. You open it up, you don't know, necessarily know what's going to be in there, but you know it's going to be great. You know it's going to be catered directly to the, the season, to your needs, exactly what you're looking for. You know, you open it up, you start going through things. There's big things. There's little things that kind of hide in there. So you think you're done, but then there's like three more things in there and just keeps going. It's the gift that keeps on giving. And to be perfectly honest with you, I opened it up when I first walked in and I've been wearing the scarf this entire time. And it is the comfiest thing I think I've ever had around my neck. Um, so what FabFitFun is, it's a subscription box that every three months, every season, they will send a personalized box to your house with a whole bunch of goodies in it. And I'm pulling some out right now. Uh, I got a meet me at the bar tote bag, and I think it's referencing Pure Bar. Um, <laughs> what else? We got a belt. I see these gel packs that I'm pulling out of the FabFitFun box. I've actually seen Ashley use these. Uh, we've been to Tahoe a few times together and every morning in the kitchen. She is wearing these gel packs, and I think that they'd make a drastic difference. She swears by them. I don't think um, she could step out of the house without wearing them in the morning. And this box alone costs $49.99, but if you use my code DEAN, D-E-A-N, at fabfitfun.com, you'll get $10 off your very first box, which means it goes from $49.99 to $39.99. And again, this scarf is $98, and it is the softest thing I've ever felt in my entire life. Fabfitfun.com. Use my code Dean at checkout and you'll save yourself $10 on your very first box. Next up, we have Charles Orlando, who is the host of Seven Year Switch. Charles, are you there? I am here. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm doing well. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to jump on. Um, do you mind maybe just introducing yourself a little bit to the listeners, telling us a little bit more about you? Uh, sure. My name is Charles J. Orlando. I am a relationship expert. I've written five books on interpersonal relations and relationship dynamics. Uh, and I am the co-host of Seven Year Switch, uh, helping people refine themselves after some turbulent times in their relationship. Gotcha. And so in addition to that, I think that you coined the term seven year itch as well, right? Oh, no, no. That's, that goes back to a Marilyn Monroe movie. Okay. Um, so, yeah, seven, uh, the seven-year itch is, is, a, is a common time frame for people to start reevaluating what they're doing, the, meaning that the, the honeymoon period has largely worn off, and the person you met seven years earlier may or may not be the same version of them in mm -hmm. front of you today. Interesting. Uh, so you end up having to reevaluate. And that's where I think a lot of people get lost. Like, Relationships are a constant reevaluation and a reconnection. It's the only way that it really works because uh, the person you meet on date number one is not the person who they're going to be on month six, and that's not who they're going to be after year 10. So you have to constantly stay in touch and connected. Otherwise, by default, you are disconnecting. Got you. So, so maybe marriage, married couples aside, do you think that there would be something like the seven-month itch, like you, more casually dating? Do you think that kind of is a thing as well, or is that something completely different? No, I think that's probably accurate. Uh, you know, we live in a world where technology is driving uh, a combination of perceived connection and what I call arm's length intimacy. People 
read a profile or they stalk you on Instagram or they see your posts on Snapchat and they end up with a version of you in their head even before the first date. So the person they end up meeting has to line up with all these preconceived expectations. And the truth is that we don't know them at all. There is a, a natural get-to-know-you process that has to do with primal courtship having nothing to do with technology. Uh, and to your point, after seven months, like things have kind of revealed themselves to be what they are. So when that happens, you're now seeing the person instead of the perception or the expectation mm -hmm. that you projected. So sure, I think that happens in dating. Gotcha, gotcha. All right. And again, we're on with Charles Orlando, who's the host of Seven Year Switch, which, correct me if I'm wrong, is a show, uh, again, I know you talked about it already, about four married couples that try to save their marriages by entering essentially into a social experiment where all the four couples switch spouses, live with another participant's spouse for a couple weeks as husband and wife. And the idea seems crazy to me, but at the same time, I can kind of understand the concept of leaving something that you care about to... I guess, ultimately realize how important they are to you in, in your life. Does that sound about right? Well, that's part of it for sure. Uh, and the other part of it is that when you're in damaging patterns, there's no way to stop the pattern if you're in the pattern. Mm -hmm. So we remove these people from it. Now, this is where people say, oh, my God, you're grouping them up with another person. They're going to cheat. Well, they could. But you know what? They could cheat just by walking down the street. We all have that temptation. And if you're willing to cheat on your spouse over a two-week experiment – to gain perspective, like you're already long checked out of your marriage. Mm. And that's part of what we, we bring to the table as well. We put their relationship on fast forward uh, and an accelerated path to learn what would probably likely happen over the next six to 12 months anyway. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's it's a little extreme, uh, but it works. Gotcha. Uh, it absolutely works. So, so all that said, why do you think we see so many unhappy married people now i mean uh, again I, I i know you, you said you get stuck in these patterns and you don't even begin to realize it but what do you think is kind of like the root cause for those well, i think a lot of people don't know how to be honest with each other and themselves it's a, it's a very vulnerable place to be to look at somebody and say you know i'm not getting what i need from you can you help me and the other person hear that statement and not say what are you saying that i'm not doing something right of course that's what you're saying like that it sets up an adversarial relationship mm -hmm. If you could check in with your spouse and say, look, I need more from you and have that person say, wow, you know, I, I really care about you. Like, I don't want you to get nothing from me. What's missing? Let's talk about that and not have it instantly equate to their ego or what they're doing wrong or feel accused of something that they're failing at. Then you create a dialogue where people are actually trying to address each other's needs instead of looking at, a, oh, yeah, there I am screwing it up for you again. Yeah. Got it. Like, you know. How, how do you notice social media coming into things nowadays, especially with married couples? Because um, well, that, that definitely changes the dynamic incredibly, right? Well, communication as a whole has fundamentally shifted. You know, before you, you'd find somebody who called you on the phone and said, you know, thanks for giving me your number. I'd love to ask you out. Now you get a text message that says, hey, you're cute. Want to bang? Like, that's, <laughs> that's not really courtship, okay? Like, I don't, I don't know who wrote that nonsense, but like— And they say you know, chivalry is dead. <laughs> well, why would they say that? Well, you know, it, so, it, it, I mean, it, it creates this this false sense of bravery and, and bravado. Like, you can, you can, you would say things over social media or over text message that you would never say to somebody in person. Or if you do say it to, to them in person, like, you know, you're a douchebag uh, <laughs> or you're a jerk, like, you know, whoever, mm -hmm. male or female, you, you need to be fired. But, you know, it, it creates a sense of 
technology as a whole, not just social media, but it creates a sense of, of disconnection even though we think we are being connected. And there's long, long written studies about, about this over the past 10 years that, that we're further apart than we ever have been mm. as a society. And in the dating world, it, it's absolutely true. Yeah. Like we, it used to be that you would you put effort in. Now all I have to do is swipe right to show my interest. Right. Seriously? No, no, absolutely. So I, I think that's uh, definitely a good point, too. I mean, I, I feel like we know so much about each other, and yet we're all still so disconnected to one another, right? So um, sending a text message on a screen is so much more impersonal than, than either calling someone up or, or meeting them face-to-face. Because like you said, I don't think anyone would say some of these ridiculous things face-to-face that they would be saying over text. No, no way. No way. It doesn't, it doesn't happen that way. Um, and it, because it's so disconnected, it sets up what has no choice but to be a, a predatory or hot or not environment. Uh, it gives people the ability to kind of shop around for a while, create false expectations, uh, and then disappear on people. That's why ghosting and breadcrumbing have, have become the, these huge issues where you just kind of play the field technologically. Mm-hmm. And then you find somebody who addresses a few of your needs and you just drop everybody else without even so much as a goodbye. It was nice to meet you. Mm-hmm. So, Charles, do you find yourself dealing mostly with like married couples that have been in long term relationships? Do you find yourself dealing with any, um, you know, struggling uh, prospective couples, anything like that? Uh, my client base is really, really diverse. So I've worked with married couples. I work with married uh, men by themselves, married women by themselves, uh, lots of daters, people who are trying to refine themselves after a broken relationship. Uh, I've even flown out to a number of cities and acted as kind of a, a makeshift hitch uh, as a wingman on dates many times. Nice. So uh, I, it, it, it kind of covers the, the whole spectrum of love and relationships. So you, you could kind of consider yourself the real-life date doctor? Uh, in a lot of ways. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't say that. The New York Times said I was Carrie Bradshaw me pitch. So. I love it. Uh, I don't know if I could. Those are two pretty big shoes to fill, but I'll take it, I guess. (laughs) I mean, you said you've been published five times, some bestsellers. You obviously are hosting these TV shows. That's all amazing stuff. Well, it's it's been a lot of fun, but I tell you what, it all pales in comparison to the people that I help uh, every day. And I know it sounds trite, but I don't care. Like, people get into this industry for a variety of reasons. Some people want to be famous. Some people want to make money. Some people want to feel uh, that their ego's being stroked on a daily basis. I don't care about any of that. Like, I get letters in that just blow me away with people who have taken words that I've said and applied them to their life, and they've made real shifts and changes for themselves. And, and forgive me if that's all I really care about. I mean, you know, the books and the TV, it's fantastic. I'm, I'm blessed and honored, but it just really gives me a broader platform to help people get out of their own way. That's perfect. Charles, I think it's safe to say that you're definitely in it for the right reasons, and that's that's rare nowadays. Um, well, I appreciate that. <laughs> absolutely. Well, Charles, thank you again for taking the time to call in. I, I definitely appreciate the advice. I'm sure the listeners will appreciate all the advice as well. And um, best of luck to you, and maybe we can t- can recap later on in the year as well. Oh, for sure. My pleasure. Thanks for having me, and, and I'd love to come back. Thank you, sir. All right, Charles Orlando, host of 7-Year Switch. Take care. Have a, have a good day. So unfortunately this week, we won't be able to do a segment of Do You Suck at Dating If? But we will be taking some emails. And I tweeted out an email address, I suck at dating at iheartmedia.com. And we, we got a bunch. And I, I appreciate you guys taking the time to and the bravery, honestly, to email some of your dating uh, follies and, and allowing me to share them 
um, on air here. So Sarah says, my biggest dating problem is that I can never get guys that I'm interested in to want to be in a committed relationship with me. After a a few great dates, I always get hit with the line, I think you're amazing, but I'm not looking for anything serious right now. I don't know if it's just a generational thing, as in everyone wants to keep things casual or something that I'm doing or not doing. What makes you decide that you want to be exclusive with the girl? Is it something you know as soon as you meet someone or can it change over time once you get to know her? Thank you for your input. So that's actually a good question. And I I've, I think that, that kind of boils down to labels, right? And I've always kind of been a slave to labels, I think. I, I need to have a conversation with someone in order to be their boyfriend, right? So I need to be able to like sit down and say, hey, let's, let's be boyfriend, girlfriend. Otherwise, up until that point, we're kind of just dating, right? And I was thinking about this the other day too, is even looking back to, to Rachel's season of The Bachelorette, like her and I never had a discussion about that. And like as, as real as all of the emotions and feelings that I had for her were, I still don't think I would consider her my girlfriend at any point because we never sat down and had that discussion, right? So maybe, maybe what Sarah is saying is, she needs to find someone that wants to label a relationship with her as a girlfriend, boyfriend, if that's what she's looking for. Maybe that comes with need to be pursuing older men. Sounds like she's probably dealing with a lot of younger men. The girl that I had this experience with, she she was a pursuer, I guess you could say. So okay. she was very happily taking into her, her her hands to make sure that we were doing things constantly together. And I think that eventually I was like, wow, this girl's great. Like, I really enjoy spending time with her. Um, this is definitely a relationship that I want to be exclusive in and and have her be my girlfriend. Yeah, I mean, I think it just boils back down to even you look back at our our guests, Charles, Peter, um, Patty. They all say communication is one of the most important things, and um, that goes to to every level of the relationship, whether it's just starting out or it's been you know a forty year marriage. Mm-hmm. I think the the being open and being clear about what you want and what you need and what you're looking for is is very important, right? Well, Sarah, thank you for emailing. I look forward to. Well, I mean, hopefully, Sarah, you take the five love languages test and we can get another email from you next week and see exactly what you're looking for all right well that was episode two of help i suck at dating i want to give one more big thank you to my guests peter kraus who was on my season of the bachelorette great guy love him to death patty stanger host of the million dollar matchmaker charles orlando from seven year switch on the fyi network and of course sarah for emailing in that was that was great mm-hmm. um so next week we're going to get uncomfortable again, and we're going to talk to one of my exes, my high school sweetheart, Carmel, <laughs> who was the first love of my life. I think that uh, I, I'm honest enough with myself to admit that. I'm hoping to get her on. I honestly haven't uh, reached out to her quite yet, but <laughs> I hope I still have her phone number. Um, but I'm excited. I hope that she can you know, maybe give you guys a little bit more insight into what it was like to date me in high school. I don't know if she watches the show, but maybe she should give uh, she could give her opinion on on kind of how I handle myself on on Bachelor in Paradise and what I can do to improve. I do know that she's married now mm. or she might have just a very long-term boyfriend. Either way, she's been in a relationship for 5 or 6 years, which is great. I'm very very happy for her. Um hoping to have her on. I am also very hopeful that we can get Brian on, Brian Abasolo who was the winner of the same season that I was on with Bachelorette with Rachel. So Rachel's fiance, Brian, um, it'd be great to have him on. He and Rachel seem to be very, very happy together. And I think that any advice that he would have to offer would be great. And I think that I could benefit greatly from that. So I'm looking forward. I hope you guys tune in next week to uh, help. I suck at dating. My name is Dean Ungler. And maybe next week I will suck a little bit less. Follow Help, I Suck at Dating with Dean Unglert on iHeartRadio or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. 